Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. We're beginning a series in the Song of Solomon called An Invitation to Intimacy. These teachings are carefully thought out by Pastor Michael and his son, Pastor Shane, and the subject matter is probably best suited for married or engaged couples. These teachings may not be suitable for young children. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in chapter two and three, God's timing for intimacy. What you're seeing is what many believe is a young Solomon writing about maybe his first love. And the intentions are starting off so good and noble. But the lesson there for us right out of the gate is that any of us are susceptible to falling so far from where we once started. And so we need to be accountable. If you're married this morning and you are struggling, get counseling. What are you waiting for? If you love your spouse and you care about your spouse, do whatever it takes to make it right. You know, last night when Melody got hurt, there's been a lot of issues around the song Reckless Love. Um, I've watched interview upon interview with the author, Corey Osbury, about his intentions in writing it. He was not saying that God is reckless in the sense that it's a characteristic of God. Um, I understand both sides of this. I know that some people had issues with the, that verbiage being applied to God, but he wrote it as a father about his kids. And the example that he gives in the interview is, look, I wasn't writing the song to say God is reckless by nature. I was saying, and, and you guys, can I just say something on a separate note for a minute? Worship songs are poetic. Music is poetic. This is poetic in many instances, like in the Song of Songs. It's poetic language. There are times, and there is creative license, and when we are describing God, we are describing an indescribable God. So anything that we write about God to try to describe who He is is going to fall vastly short. Now, obviously, I am not condoning things that misrepresent God or are heretical. And we have opted not to really do reckless love just because, frankly, as a worship pastor, I don't want to deal with the issues it could cause. I think it's a pretty well-written song. I think it's a good song. But for a corporate setting, we just decide not to sing it because if it, if it would cause an issue for somebody, we would rather err on just not doing it. But I do think it's a pretty good song. And I understand that it's a good song because I understand the context and the author's intention behind the song. And Corey Osbury is saying, I was writing it thinking about my, my kids. And if my kids, and he gave the example, is if your child is out in the street and a car is coming, you will do whatever it takes to get to that child to save that child from being injured. And I, I kind of got a taste of that last night. This is the first really serious injury from Lil Melody. And... I felt that way. I'm pretty calm under, you know, uh, stressful situations, but I felt like that angst and that hurt in my heart as a father looking at my daughter in pain. And as we read about the way that God desires for us to operate in this area, you must understand that one of the characteristics, characteristics of our Heavenly Father is just that, that He is your Heavenly Father. And so when He gives you guidance and commands in a certain area, He does not do so to hinder you, but to help you. The Scripture says at one point, what father would give his child a snake when his son asks for, I believe, something to eat? 
as a father, any good father is looking out for the best intentions of his children. And so as you read about the way that sex is supposed to be, it is for your good and for the glory of God. Can you imagine for a moment if we lived in a culture where people were only willing to have sexual relations with a person whom they were also willing to raise a child with? We would almost automatically, in a single generation, remove sexually transmitted diseases, we would eliminate the need for abortions, and marriages would begin to skyrocket in their success rate. But instead... Our culture has said, no, we want to do it how we want to do it. I'm going to follow every impulse and everything that feels good and just chase after that. You know, the science shows that there is a chemical in your brain called oxytocin, and it is released when you begin to feel that feeling of falling in love. How many of you remember the feeling of falling in love? Some of you are like, I remember 50 years ago, right? Well, that, that chemical is released and there is actually a science behind it and it's also the way that God, did you know science affirms the Bible? Crazy thing, right? Did you know that that, that, talk, uh, that uh, chemical is released at such high levels and that's the feeling you get of falling in love? Um, in fact, one of the common side effects from this chemical is loss of appetite. How many of you, when you first went on your first couple dates, you were so full of butterflies, you felt like you didn't even want to eat? That's a, there's a science behind that. That feeling and that chemical that's being released in your brain actually can cause loss of appetite. It's a part of the feeling of falling in love. And I would argue it's even a part of the way God has designed your body and brain to work. Did you know that 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 chemical is found in great quantities in chocolate? And so if your marriage is a mess this morning, just go buy a bunch of chocolate. You both sit down and eat a bunch of chocolate and maybe you'll fall more in love. No, I'm just kidding. You could try it. Let me know how it goes. But I will tell you that there is even a science behind it, and statistics have now shown, hear this, they did a poll on marriage, and statistics have shown that married couples have a better sex life than people who are not married. Isn't that crazy? I think the Bible says something about that. Did you know that when you do things the way God intends them to be, it's good? That's crazy. And yet we live in a world that will will defy what the Word of God has to say over and over again. And may we not remove ourselves from that equation. We are disobedient often. And we wrestle and we fight against the way that God has said things ought to be. And so we need to fight for purity in our marriages and in our sexuality. Another interesting thing is that scientific studies have shown that that, that chemical begins to wear off over a period of about five years. So if you were looking at the science objectively, my wife and I are going on six years of marriage. Not a long time, but a good amount of time. We've been together now for six, going on six years. And I will tell you, I don't want to be with anybody else. I love my wife. She's the only one for me. And I appreciate that Solomon and the Shulamite woman in this text are unashamed to proclaim their love for each other. Natalie, if you don't know, you're the only one for me. I don't want anybody else. I'm so thankful for you. You're an incredible wife. And we need to affirm our spouses more. And I know that not everybody has the luxury of having a pulpit where they can say that. I'm not doing it for brownie points. I really mean it. My wife is incredible. And I will just ask you a question this morning. To the men and to the women, when is the last time that you affirmed your spouse? When is the last time you looked him or her in the eyes and you said, I love you. I really love you. 
I don't want anybody else but you. We need to do that much more often. But the science shows, if you looked at it objectively, scientists say, well, according to this short study, you'd need to get remarried every five years to stay happy in a relationship. Some people do that. And I would argue they're some of the most unhappy people I've ever met. Because there's another side to the equation. There's another chemical that your body releases. And the scientists that I was reading the study referred to it as, there's two phases. You have an attraction phase and you have an attachment phase. And he said the attachment phase is much more meaningful and much more significant. And he said that, generally speaking, looking at the science, about a five-year period into a relationship that is relatively healthy, the attachment phase really begins to set in. And what he said was, this is a secular scientist doing this study, not looking at this from a biblical perspective, just objectively, because science affirms the Bible, and saying, according to these scientific studies, if people would just fight a little harder to hold on to their marriages, they would end up being happier in the long run and having a healthy relationship. Crazy. Because God has already said it. And we've tried it our own way. And unfortunately, you guys... The statistics show that the divorce rate within the church is almost just as high as outside of the church. And can I just submit to you that that is a very sad reality. And so we need to get back to the godly principles and structure for marriage. And intimacy is a huge part of that. Intimacy, as Pastor Michael reiterated last week, is much more than just physical sex. In fact, um, many good counselors on marriage have said that sex starts far before you guys are ever in the bedroom together. And your intimacy is way more than just physical. Now, I want to just pause here for a moment before we start to really div- dig in here and say this. I understand that there are single people in this room this morning. There are people who are widows and widowers. There are people who are not yet married. I have not forgotten about you as I stand up here and teach this. I would encourage you to just be open to the Holy Spirit leading you this morning. Glean whatever wisdom you can. Apply this however you best can. And know that this whole message this morning and this this section is really about God's timing. So trust God's timing. When we do things in our own time, does it pan out very well? I can tell you from my experience, it does not work out so well. It usually is quite a disaster. And so, for the sake of a 20-minute introduction, let's get into verse 8. Yeah, my last name says it all. It says in verse 8, The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains and bounding over the hills. The idea here is that he is eagerly seeking her out. You know, we live in a society where men are very passive sometimes. I, I, I've done junior high ministry in the past, and sometimes I've talked to young men, and they'll tell me they're interested in a girl, and I'm like, well, you're 13, so let's just, let's just shut that down right now. Um, but it's just funny to hear them try to communicate like how it's going. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, how's it going? And they're like, well, I texted her. And I'm like, you texted her? Okay. Bold, bold move. (laughs) I remember when I asked my wife out, I talked to her. It's crazy. We live in a society where communication and honestly, even COVID... Uh, studies have shown the damage that it's done to kids and their ability to communicate things verbally. It's very sad. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Shane in a moment. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's teachings. 19 chapters later! We know sometimes you hear Pastor Michael mention slides or give other demonstrations, and we have made sure you have access to all the videos from his Sunday sermons. The modern application could be the power of the sword with, for example, a police officer. Watching the videos can also be a good way to see how animated Pastor Michael can be. Even if you have to gulp after you've prayed it. And Lord, one more thing, not... My will. <laughs> you can watch the video from today's teaching when you visit walkintruth.com. We also live stream one of our Sunday morning services. Pastor Michael believes fellowship is important, so he prefers you attend your church on Sunday mornings. Or you can visit our church, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Before we jump into it, would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the youth upstairs enjoying a little bit of a party and celebration. But Pastor Michael understands some circumstances make it difficult to attend church services in person. So, you are invited to watch our 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time service. God is not caught by surprise. A golden calf, I can't believe it. Moses may have been, God was not. To watch Pastor Michael's teachings live, hear the worship music and fellowship from where you are, follow our YouTube channel. You can find the link and information on walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Jesus is coming again. Do you believe it? Now back to the Walk in Truth series called An Invitation to Intimacy. The subject matter is best suited for married or engaged couples and may not be suitable for young children. Here's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane. Communication and honestly, even COVID... Uh, studies have shown the damage that it's done to kids and their ability to communicate things verbally. It's very sad um, what these shutdowns have caused. And I understand there was a time when we didn't know where this was. We do not need to open up the can of worms this morning. But I'm just saying that regardless of how things were executed, there's undeniable damage that's happened to kids and learning to communicate and have healthy social activity. And so communication is huge. I'm taking a couple through premarital counseling right now and my first session, oftentimes when I do premarital counseling, is, is communication. Because I believe communication is one of the, the key foundations. Of course, Christ, but communication. And um, I just love in this, this passage, uh, there's such a, an eagerness and an anticipation for each other. There's a, a strong desire in, uh, for each other, to be with each other. Not just uh, intimately, but um, together in marriage. And to be physically together in the sense that like they're together, you know. Uh, can I tell you that growing up... In the church, oftentimes, and sorry, but oftentimes older men in the church were not very good examples of how to talk about their bride. And sometimes you talk to men about their bride and, and they're like, yeah, my wife wants me to do this and I can't believe I got to go home. You know, my wife, my wife. And I'm like, wow, that's awful. Like, you, are you a slave? Like, what is happening right now? And so I, I would encourage you, if you have that type of disdain towards your spouse this morning, my gosh, would you repent of that this morning and start loving her or him the way you need to? And, and maybe I know that there's a lot to this and there's complicated things in our relationships and things can spiral out of control. We can end up in a place in a relationship where we never thought we'd end up. And you can look back and reminisce on the past, but the reality is now. And so what do you need to adjust and work on and surrender to the Lord now, today? to be better, 
and to honor him in your marriage. But there's an eagerness. You know, and there's also overtones here of the return of Christ. In Revelation 1-7, Jesus is going to come back for his bride, the church. And this is why marriage is sacred, because it is pointing to a divine reality that Jesus Christ loved and gave himself up for you and for me, his church, his bride. There's a beautiful song called You're Beautiful by Phil Wickham, and it says, when we arrive at eternity's shore, when death is just a memory and tears are no more, we'll enter in as what? As the wedding bells ring, and your bride will come together and we'll sing. You're beautiful. What a beautiful, uh, Phil Wickham just got a Dove Award for best worship album of the year. I think it's well deserved for some of his most recent songs. And he's such a good songwriter. And um, the way he can communicate these eternal uh, realities in a beautiful and poetic way like that. But the day will come when the wedding bells will ring, if you will, and we will be reunited with Christ. And that's why God takes marriage seriously and has strict guidelines for marriage because it is meant to be a picture of him and his church and God takes misrepresenting him pretty seriously just look at Moses we're going through Exodus it is so frustrating to read through Exodus Moses is dealing with these people and you're like I don't know how he's doing it these people are so annoying and then you look in the mirror and you're like I'm an Israelite I'm the one and Moses is told to speak to the rock and what does Moses do if you know the passage He says, I've done enough talking. And he smacks the rock. And the Lord says, you've misrepresented me. You will not enter the promised land. And you read that passage if you studied Exodus and you're like, what? He's done all this stuff for you, God. How could you tell him? But God takes representing him correctly, seriously. And so marriage is a representation of Christ and his church. So far be it from us this morning to misrepresent Christ and how we conduct ourselves in the midst of our marriages. Verse 9, my beloved is like a gazelle. This is just language of him being strong. She's attracted to him. Um, she's, she finds him handsome and um, he's agile and young. And some of you are reminiscing of the past right now of being agile and young and Um, I told first service that I know I'm not old. My goodness, I'm going to preface what I'm saying with I know I'm not old. You don't have to yell at me. You don't know anything. Just wait. (laughs) People get crazy about this. I know I'll be that old guy one day like, you don't even know what it is to hurt. Right? But I've been in some pretty serious car accidents and I have back problems because of it. And just the other day, I was picking up Melody and I, I, I bent down and my knees made this sound. Have you ever experienced this? It was like... And I was like, oh my goodness. I played catcher a lot through high school, so they say it's so bad for your knees, that position to just be squatted all the time. And my knees and back have paid the price from years of sports. And I'm starting to feel it more. I go to the gym. I don't recover as quickly. I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted. I could never gain weight in high school. Now I look at a burrito and I'm like, how many calories is that? (laughs) Okay, it's worth it. But she's attracted to him. She finds him handsome. And then it says in verse 9, Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. I would not recommend doing this if you are pursuing a young woman. Um, this, is not, this is not literal advice for you this morning, church. Please, you will get arrested if you do this. No, the picture here, though, is that he's longing and yearning for his bride. That's the picture. Um, it's poetic. 
Verse 10, my beloved speaks. I love that they, uh, she keeps referring to him as my beloved. What a beautiful way to refer to her husband. Speaks to me and says to me, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. He invites her to come away with him. This is leave and cleave imagery. This is what the Bible talks about is supposed to happen. Now, in Southern California, leaving and cleaving is more challenging, isn't it? I ended up back with my parents after a year of marriage. That was fun. No, it wasn't that bad. My parents are great. But it's not great being married and living back with your parents because that's not really the way God designed it to be. And I understand the reality. Been there, done that. Uh, I hope I never have to go back with my parents. I have a great relationship with my parents, but I don't want to live with my parents. I'm almost 30 years old and I have a child. I don't, I don't want to live with my parents. And I don't think they want me to live with them. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. So this is leave and cleave imagery. Your, your bride becomes your first priority outside of your relationship with Jesus. That means that, oh, the holidays are coming and you all know, well, what about us? Your aunt from Virginia, who you don't even know is going to be in town, are you not going to make time for her? (laughs) Right? And you're like, I don't even know Aunt Barbara. Like, what? No, I'm going to go spend time with my wife. We did the first Christmas. I remember we tried to split. It was Thanksgiving or something. And we tried to like split it amongst three houses We're driving all over California. And I'm like, I just want to eat some food. I'm not feeling thankful right now. Right? I would recommend just pick a a one or two houses. Three is too much. It's the max. Too much. Too much driving. You've been listening to God's Timing for Intimacy, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in the Song of Solomon, Chapter 2, Verse 8. To chapter 3, verse 5. As always, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast. Please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then Our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you would say, I'm having a hard time putting my spouse before my family. That old leaving and cleaving thing. What's that all about and how do I do that? Well, you know, it can be difficult for some to actually leave that first family after all all things being equal, that's all you've known. Let's say that you're 20 years old, you're going to get married, and all you've ever known is your family of origin. All you've ever known is the household you grew up in, your mom and dad. And now you leave. What does it mean to leave? It doesn't mean you say, see you later, I'm done with you guys, I'll never see you again. Leaving has the idea of they are now second. Your first family now becomes your spouse and you and your future children should you have them. Mom and dad are still honored. They're still important. Uh, Hopefully you'll see each other regularly. But what you want to avoid is having them get in the way of what's now first. You leave and cleave. What does that mean? It means that that spouse whether you're the male or female, now becomes one with you and that's your first priority. So you leave behind the family of origin as first priority. That's the meaning. 
And then you make your spouse and your future family first priority. And that may mean for some of you that you have to draw some boundaries because mom and dad also have to make the adjustment. And being a dad, I can tell you for mom and dad, it's not always easy to know those boundaries. And so we need healthy ways of thinking through this. And if we can help each other on both sides of the equation, I think it'll take pressure off and it will help us navigate new seasons in our lives. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth, and we are walking through the Song of Solomon. Don't know if you've ever heard a sermon uh, teaching on that before, but here it is. And we're dealing with an invitation to intimacy. We're glad that you are listening. You know, this particular uh, subject matter can open up some emotions and even some wounds. But, you know, God is the ultimate surgeon. He can make incisions with his word, if you will, and then bring healing to us. And that would be our prayer for you. Remember, if we can help you in any way, reach out to us through the website at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner? Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast and with the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for $5 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in the Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse eight, verses three through five, called God's Timing for Intimacy. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.